This is the Stuff You Missed Best of 99.9 The Fan Podcast, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now, here is your host for the Stuff You Missed Podcast, Dennis Cox. On today's show, you're here discussions regarding the NFL. Mike Houston, ECU head football coach, stops by with Sports Channel 8. And Carolina Hurricanes forward Ryan Dezingle checks in with Adam and Joe. Earlier today, former New England Patriots tight end Rob Gronkowski, who retired after the last season, gave his explanations as to why he stepped away from the game at age of 29 and the physical toll that the game had took on him. But I want to be clear to my fans. I needed to recover. I was not in a good place. Football was bringing me down, and I didn't like it. And I was losing that joy in life. Like, the joy. I'm sorry right now, but, oh, dang, let me, oh. I really was, and I was fighting through it. And I knew what I signed up for, and I knew what I was fighting through. And I knew I just have to fix myself. Adam and Joe, heard from 3 to 630 here on The Fan, gave their initial reactions to Gronkowski's comments. Well, well then. that is a very different Rob Gronkowski than we are used to. And I'm glad that he opened up about that because I do think that people need to hear more from Andrew Luck, need to hear more from Rob Gronkowski and others who have decided, whether physical or mental, this game takes a toll on you. We act as though the NFL is some sort of God-given right that these people are out there to entertain us. And they're throwing it away. And they're throwing all these opportunities away. I can't believe you would ever do that. You're turning your back on us. Well, look, man, I got to get right. And I'm never going to begrudge anybody who's in a financial situation where they can walk away from something. Joe Ovius also weighs in why fans are questioning the decisions of athletes who decide to retire early and stepping away from lucrative contracts. And that's where a lot of the the angst is coming from as it relates to somebody like Andrew Luck or somebody walking away like Rob Gronkowski or any any number of other guys who have done this. They're not the first ones. They're not the last. It's that they can do it. A lot of us can't, and that's hard. That's really, really hard to hear because but you Dan love Dockage, to walk away, man. Dan Dockage said that you know his family that you know goes into the steel mills or wherever the <laughs> mills they work right. in, they still go to work, and it hurts them. Like, yes, it's exactly the same situation. Look, there's a, uh, there's a, there's a yin and a yang when uh, when there's so much money involved in these sports. Adam and Joe also discussed that some athletes, despite the pain, continue to play. Greg Olson's another example of this. Greg Olson's had right. how many foot injuries in the last three to four years uh, that he keeps trying to come back from, and whether or not he did it too early. That works for them. There are some people who still want to maximize what they have left physically Mm -hmm. to give to the game. That's how they're wired. Tiger Woods is in the news today. Apparently he had surgery on his left knee to repair some minor cartilage damage. Uh, Tiger Woods is a broken man. He has been fighting through that rehab cycle to get back to a certain place. He clearly still thinks that he it's worth it to him to keep going through this process to go out there and compete. Does Tiger Woods need to still be playing golf? No. Adam and Joe debate whether or not this is a trend we're seeing with NFL players deciding to retire early. It's happening in football well, on a regular basis now. Uh, Guys stepping away, still young in their careers. I would argue. Because it hurts too much. They've chosen not to go through the grind. Eh, I'm going to disagree with that. Guys have been walking I mean, away that's from That's just fo- a fact. Guys walk away from football going all the way back to... God knows when. Guys have walked. Guys have walked away. When, when Barry not Sanders, at this rate. What's the rate? 
So we've got a handful of guys who have Joe, walked away. I don't away. know the statistical data. Well, but then, if, if, if you don't know, ignoring... whoa, 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 whoa! If you don't ignore, if you don't know the statistical data, how can you call it a trend? It's very circumspect at this point. That's my thing. Let's wait and see before we start to act as though this is a trend. You don't. Think, we don't know that. Yet. You don't think more players today are stepping away from the game in no. their primes than it used to be? No, I think that's All very. Right. I think that's All very right. suspect evidence at this point in time. I don't think that's the case. I think we've got some high-profile situations that Without have made it a conversation. Without having data in front of me. You're flat wrong about oh, that. Oh, that's a winning statement right there. Without data in front of me, I'm wrong about that. That's not how it works. On the David Glenn Show, heard from noon to three here on The Fan, DJ also reacted to Gronkowski's comments and says that fans need to consider the things that they don't see take place on the field. Nowadays, I'm not asking for violins. They made their choices. They've got money in the bank that most of us do not have. It's a trade, and they decided to make that trade. I'm asking you to think about the downsides, the real-life aspect of not being able to sleep more than 20 minutes a night. That's something a lot of Americans, maybe not only 20 minutes a night, but a lot of Americans have major sleeping problems. Did you know the downside not only included the risk of higher percentage chance of brain disease? Did you know the risk included, instead of celebrating a Super Bowl win, supposed to be the peak of your career crying yourself to sleep at night because you can't stay asleep for longer than 20 minutes at a time david glenn also draws the parallels from gronkowski's comments to andrew luck's decision to retire early andrew luck called it the hardest decision of his life if somebody you cared about was coming upon the hardest decision of his or her life you would listen you you might not see it as all that tricky ah guy's so rich he can step away if he wants to oh the guy's letting his teammates down. I'm not saying it was the perfect time to do it or the perfect way to do it, but Andrew Luck clearly communicated with his team in ways that he didn't have an obligation to communicate to you or me about what he was feeling two years ago while sitting out an entire season or what he was feeling during this offseason while battling those incessant leg issues. Just have an open mind. Have an open heart. Again, no violins required. Speaking of Andrew Luck, his former teammate Dwight Freeney was on with Golick and Wingo this morning, heard from 6 to 10 here on The Fan. He spoke about Andrew Luck as a rookie and how he really absorbed everything and really made an impression upon veteran players. Andrew was great. Great. I mean, he was one of those those rookies that, you know, came in and just wanted to absorb and learn and get better. And he his, his attitude was infectious. It was such a positive attitude. You know, every time I see Andrew, you know, it was the, he's the same guy that was the rookie that came in. Super positive, um, energetic, and, and just ready to get better and play and, and play the game that he loves. So that's why it's so tough for me to see that press conference, you know, where, you know, he was tearing up. It, it, it crushes me because he must have gone through a lot for him to get to this place. Also on with Golik and Wingo this morning was Rob Ninkovich, who's an ESPN NFL analyst and former New England Patriots linebacker. He weighs in on how fans reacted to Andrew Luck's retirement. I think it's disgusting. It angers me a little bit because you don't have the right to boo somebody when they make the decision to not put their bodies at risk anymore. And you could see even in his interview, I think he was mentally exhausted. And when you're mentally exhausted, it the stress is unbelievable. You can't experience that stress when you're mentally fatigued. When you walk into a building or a rehab facility and you're you're sick almost. You feel sick because you're walking in there and you know, I don't want to be here. I want to go. I want to enjoy myself. I don't want to be in pain. So when I heard that, it was shameful. 
Switching over to the National Hockey League, Carolina Hurricanes forward Ryan Dezingle, who signed a two-year contract with the Hurricanes this offseason. He was asked straight up about how training has been different for him this offseason. What's new? What methodology? Or the fact that it's Rod Brindamore and he has a little bit of a different expectation when it comes to workouts. Well, exactly. But I think uh, in years past, I, I'm a little crazy on the fitness uh, side of things. I, I come in and, you know, it's, it's the start of your career. You're coming into camp to make the team and uh, you're coming in. So September 1st is you're going to be ready to go all out. Um, and, you know, now it's a little bit different. Obviously, you're not. You're coming in 100% shape, but um, you, you're so focused on uh, October 4th, you know, you be ready to go. Um, 100% for that first game, so it's it's um, it's just tweaked a little bit, a little bit as it was uh, when you're younger coming in. Dzingo also talks about starting fresh with the new team at the beginning of the season, as opposed to when he got traded to Columbus last year at the trade deadline. That's a whole different scenario. You're coming into a team where um, everyone's been together for um, at least six months already, and and kind of knowing everything, and then you're coming in. It's it's a little bit different. You're just trying to compliment the guys and and uh, try to help them any way you can and this year is different you're coming in at the start you know you're um you're a bigger piece of the team and and you have a lot of time to gel with the guys you know you have a lot you know about a month before the first game starts he also answers a question about kane's captain justin williams who remains unsigned have you been enlisted to call justin williams and tell him the team wants him to come back (laughs) i don't think i have that much pull so i don't think they uh (laughs) I don't think they had me do that just yet. So I think they got they got some other guys that have a little bit more pull for him. So uh, Justin will look at his phone and be like a robocall. Uh, yeah, I don't like, recognize Illinois. That number. Yeah. Illinois. I don't know what. Huh? This doesn't make any sense. <laughs> NC State football has named their starting quarterback for Week One against East Carolina. That's Matt McKay, local here to the Triangle from Wakefield High School. The guys from Sports Channel Eight and Josh Goodson weigh in on the decision by Dave Doran and his staff. I think it's the safest decision that the coaching staff could can make. And uh, Doran was pretty evident yesterday saying, we had to name a starter. <laughs> like, we, we have a game on Saturday, and we need to start treating practice as if we have a game on Saturday where one guy is going to be practicing with, you know, the rest of our starters. And he, he made a point where – but we've never seen the, any of these guys really in game action. Yep. You honestly don't know what to do. He said, I'll, I'm not going to have a quick hook. You know, people are going to make mistakes, but – I'm not saying he left it open to like put somebody else in there, but he yep. was pretty evident. Like this is the safest guy. He's been around the program the most. He knows the schemes the most, and it just seemed like the best uh, thing. Goodson also adds that NC State is not in a terrible situation if they do have to use multiple quarterbacks this season. As Chip Patterson mentioned yesterday, it used to be the conversation of if, if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. Right? That was the cliche, and there's I think there is some validity to that if you're worried about who your quarterback is but every national championship team and I'm not saying NC State is on that level well I, actually I don't know if they beat <laughs> oh god guys <laughs> well yeah. talking himself into it I mean they beat West Virginia off that's they beat West Virginia then uh, no but but seriously Josh, he made, he Josh made, Kubelik over here yeah he made a point that Paul Goodson like Alabama has had to have team multiple quarterbacks step in and be ready to be the guy oh, look, so we're not comparing them to Alabama and so it's Clemson but a lot of teams you, you need to have multiple quarterbacks with good depth and NC State has that so I'm fine with it. Sticking with college football Paul Feinbaum of the SEC Network joined Golik and Wingo this morning. He shares his thoughts on which program he feels can challenge Clemson and Alabama this season in terms of winning a national championship. 
I think it would be Georgia. Uh, I, I'm really high on the Bulldogs you know, with Jake Fromm coming back. They have Swift. They have a number of uh, key players, that, especially on the offensive line. You, you, you need to go down there and watch this offensive line and work. Ma many of the experts are telling me uh, it's the best one in college football, maybe one of the best ones we've seen in a long time. And that, that is critically important. They do get Notre Dame early in the season. That's going to be one of the most eagerly anticipated games of the year. Of course, they have Florida and, and Auburn before they likely will face Alabama in the SEC championship game. Feinbaum also weighs in on a situation out of Penn State where former team Dr. Scott Lynch is suing the school as well as football coach James Franklin and athletic director Sandy Barber. Lynch claims that he was fired after complaining to school officials about being pressured to clear athletes to return from injuries. I think this does go on a lot. It's a big issue on the sidelines. Uh, the medical staff should be the final arbiter, and, and, and too often it's not. You always hear coaches say, well, we, we haven't consulted with the medical staff, but, but I've seen it. I, I think in pro football it may even be a, a, a more uh, dicey issue, but uh, this is a story that I think is really fascinating, and, and I, I know this people will try to draw a line between this and everything else that's ever happened up there. It has nothing to do with anything that's happened at Penn State, but if it turns out to be true, and, and again, these are allegations. On Sports Channel 8, heard from 10 to noon here on The Fan, East Carolina head football coach Mike Houston in his first year in Greenville. He talks about the unique situation of this Saturday's contest against North Carolina State. Having coached last year at James Madison and competed against the Wolfpack, but now coaching a team in East Carolina that got blown out by NC State last season. It is certainly a unique situation. Uh, Coach Doran and I talked about that uh, back this summer when we were at a, a charity event together. And uh, it's something you, you certainly don't see that very often. Um, but, you know, the programs uh, that you're talking about, James Madison here, are, they were in different situations when they faced NC State last year. You know, that, that group at JMU, you know, in fact, that entire roster is back this year. I think they've got a great chance to win the national championship at that level. Uh, and that's, you know, that's a roster that we had worked very hard to put together, and it fit, you know, fit us. And so that was a team that was really prepared to play at a very, very high level. Houston also adds that the situations between those two games are far different than what they are now. Um, that team that played at the end of the year last year against NC State, you know, that whole deal was really in, in kind of disarray. Um, you know, the fourth straight losing season, uh, a season that had really ended badly. Uh, Coach Montgomery being let go earlier that week. Uh, a lot of uncertainty around the program. Uh, Holt Naylor's and a lot of other players uh, out and not dressed to play in that game. Uh, so the, the situations with those two games are really you know, not very comparable uh, just because of those factors. Houston also gives praise to NC State head coach Dave Doran and the stability that he's brought to the program. Um, I do think that obviously there's 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 been stability for years at NC State. Coach Doran's done a great job uh, building that program there. Uh, he's done a great job recruiting in the state of North Carolina. Um, you know they have a solid roster. Uh, he's done a good job everywhere he's been. Uh, so you know they are they graduated some players, they lost some coaches, but they will still be a very solid roster, a very solid ball club. They'll be one of the better teams in the ACC this year. Houston also tells Sports Channel 8 just how much this game really does mean to their roster. I think we have stability now also. Uh, I think that uh, you have a roster that's very motivated and very uh, determined to right the ship here in Greenville. Uh, I think this game is a big game for them because of the way last season ended. 
but I think the big thing is just they're excited to get out there and start showing people that that's not uh, who they are and that's not, you know, they didn't come here to ECU to, to, to play like that and represent the university like that. So uh, I think that, you know, all three games have a lot of the same uh, people, but uh, the variables surrounding them are quite different. Hayes Permar asks Houston about his famous pregame speeches. Several of your pregame speeches, which I guess became so legendary along the way, and at James Madison, there was blogs even ranking them. Uh, what's your your best overall one? You have some great lines in there. I got to ask you: Do you practice these things? Do you look in a mirror and, and see how much you fire yourself up? Like, what's your no. what's your pregame pregame speech look like? Nah, I, you know, each one of them are. A- a culmination of kind of everything that goes into that game as far as preparation with our team. Uh, and to me, you know, those moments, all they are is us, me, discussing with our team the same things we've discussed all week. Uh, maybe more in a little intense fashion. You can listen to that interview with Mike Houston in its entirety on the Best of Sports Channel, the radio show podcast. Switching over to the NFL, Dallas Cowboys running back Ezekiel Elliott maintains his holdout. Mike Golick Sr. on Golick and Wingo this morning weighs in on why the Cowboys have yet to pay Ezekiel Elliott the money that he probably should earn. He delivered for you as the best back in the league. It would be either don't offer anywhere near the number one spot and just say we don't value that position a lot, but since they're right there, I don't get it. I don't get it why you just don't take yourself over that line, make them the highest paid, and end the stupid thing and get them into camp. You're teetering right at the number one spot right now. So that's what I guess I don't get. Is this is this where you want to battle? Is this where you want to die in the hill saying we're not going to set the market and make him the top running back when, oh, by the way, he is? Golik and Wingo also discussed some things that we may never see running backs ever do again in the NFL. Do you think we're ever going to have a 2,000-yard rusher again? No. We're not going to get another one. The way offenses are now in the NFL, I highly doubt we're going to get another 2,000-yard rusher. But what you're going to get is 1,000-yard rusher, 1,000-yard receiver. Christian McCaffrey this year. Christian McCaffrey this year. You know, and we'll see what Zeke will do if he gets back, what David Johnson can do rushing and, again, catching the ball, if he can kind of regain what he he did. So that's the value now of the running back. I think they're still not valued very well, but the value changes to how versatile you are. I would bet that the most unbreakable record in sports right now is Emmitt Smith's career rushing total of over 18,000 yards. I don't think anyone's ever going to come close to that again. You've been listening to the Stuff You Missed, Best of 99.9 The Fan Podcast with host Dennis Cox. Don't forget, there are many ways you can listen to this podcast, including streaming at WRALsportsfan.com, the WRAL Sports Fan app. And you can also subscribe for free at Apple Podcast, Google Play, Google Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, and TuneIn. This podcast also airs every weeknight at 6.30 after Adam and Joe on 99.9 The Fan.